get my teaching, but keep your commands, keep my commands in your heart, for they will prolong your life many years and bring you peace and prosperity. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will win favour and a good name in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Thank you, Carl. Thanks, Chris. Let's uh, bow together in prayer and ask that God would uh, give us his wisdom as we uh, read and think about his word. Let's pray. Dear Lord and Heavenly Father, we uh, pray as we come now to think about what it means uh, to be wise and in particular what it means to be humble rather than proud. We ask that you would give us uh, your insight through the Holy Spirit, that you would speak to us, that your words would penetrate our minds and our hearts, uh, that you might convict us of sin, uh, that you might lead us to repentance, that you might show us the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ and that we might put our hope in him, we ask for Jesus' sake. Amen. Well, over the last few weeks, we've been looking at the book of Proverbs and thinking about how it works and how wisdom works. Uh, we've seen what Proverbs do and what they don't do and how Proverbs uh, work. We've seen how life is this path that we walk on, that every decision kind of informing the decisions uh, that we go on to make. And we've seen that at the core of wisdom is a right heart, a heart that's shaped by God's word uh, and we have to work hard to protect our hearts, to guard our hearts, uh, to keep our hearts uh, wise. Uh, so we've kind of looked, if you like, at the background of wisdom, at how Proverbs works and now from today on we're beginning to think about some of the topics that Proverbs deals with. Uh, today we're looking at the, uh, the topic of pride and I prepared for this sermon uh, in, in the only way I think that you can prepare for a sermon on pride, uh, and that is by rereading Pride and Prejudice. Um, <laughs> actually, I was in Kurong the other day and I discovered that there is a Pride and Prejudice devotional book. Uh, yeah, and you read a, a section from Pride and Prejudice and then meditate on that. And then there's a tiny Bible verse at the end. Slightly disturbing, perhaps. Uh, no matter. Uh, I didn't really reread Pride and Prejudice, but here is Mary Bennett's assessment uh, of pride from the early chapters of that book. Mary, uh, ever, ever wise Mary, says, Pride is a very common failing, I believe. But all that I have ever read, I am, uh, by all that I have ever read, I am convinced that it is very common indeed that human nature is particularly prone to it and that there are very few of us who do not cherish a feeling of self-complacency on the score of some quality or other, real or imaginary. Vanity and pride are different things, though the words are often used synonymously. A person may be proud without being vain. Pride relates more to our opinion of ourselves. Vanity to what we would have others think of us. Well, Mary says that all of us are proud. 
that it is a common human failing and that we are prone to pride. But what is pride? Uh, Not just in Mary's assessment, but in uh, Solomon's assessment, the book of Proverbs, the Bible's assessment. What is pride? And what does pride have to do with wisdom? And what makes pride so unwise? And how does pride affect our relationship with God? They're the things that we want to think about uh, this morning. So what is pride and what is, uh, isn't pride? The, the, maybe the best definition that uh, there is of pride in Proverbs comes in Proverbs 21-24. You'll find that on the sheet uh, that you hopefully got on the way in. Uh, there are a whole lot of terms that are used at the same time to kind of describe what pride is. So Proverbs 21-24 says... The proud and arrogant person, Mocha is his name, behaves with insolent fury. So what is the proud person? Uh, They're they're arrogant. They're the person who mocks, who stirs up strife through their high view of themselves. Another way of thinking about pride is haughtiness. It's not probably a word that we use very much, but it has this connotation of, if you like, thinking of yourself... uh, with a degree of height, that, that is, you're higher than other people around you. Um, Proverbs 30, verse 13 says that there are those whose eyes are ever so haughty, whose glances are so disdainful. I think literally it says they have high eyes. That doesn't mean their eyes are kind of up at the top of their forehead, but it means that they're kind of, their heads, we, we, th- we think like that, don't we? That a proud person is someone who looks down their nose. Their eyes are looking down on the people around them. Uh, Or according to Proverbs 17, verse 19, pride, I love this one, pride is like building a high door on your house. So whoever loves a quarrel loves sin. Whoever builds a high gate, or literally a high opening, invites destruction. So the idea is that this person is, they have a house, uh, and they're so self-consumed with themselves that they build this this high door that no one else can actually get into. Uh, no, No one else is good enough to get into their house. So pride is not just saying, please realise this, pride is not saying I'm good at something. I often find that people in an attempt not to be proud are nervous about saying anything positive about themselves. They can never acknowledge the gifts that God has given them, whether that's creative gifts or intellectual gifts or sporting gifts. They're afraid of saying anything about that because they think that if they say that, that reflects pride. Uh, and they, they are afraid that others might think of them as proud. They can never acknowledge the work that God is doing in their life through the Holy Spirit. They can never say that I've grown in holiness because that might be seen to be proud. I can never say that I've put off sin because that might be seen to be proud. But denying God's gifts and God's work in your life is not, uh, is not a good thing. It, it actually dishonors God to deny what God is doing and what God has given. There's a right place for acknowledging the gifts that God has given us and there's a right place for saying, I'm good at painting or for saying, actually, I'm really bad at painting. If if it's me, (laughs) I I paint worse than a a kindergarten uh, student. But there's a right place for saying, uh, God has given me this great gift. What a wonderful gift. Pride is not saying, please realise, I'm good at this. 
It's not saying God has given me this wonderful gift. Pride is not even necessarily saying I'm better at this than they are. Pride is making a value judgment on that basis. So pride is saying I'm better at this than she is. Therefore, I'm more valuable than she is or more important than she is. So clearly, this is probably a safe bet. I'm not sure, but I think this is a safe bet to say, I may well be the best trombone player in this church. I reckon. Is anyone going to contest that? Yeah, that's right, yeah. I'm not the greatest trombone, but, but I'm probably better than you, right? It's not wrong, it's not wrong, is it, to say that I'm better at that than you are? That's because none of you have probably ever tried to, to learn it. You may well be better than me if you tried. Uh, that's, that's not the point. Uh, but it's not wrong to say, I'm better at this than you are. What would be wrong to say, who knows who would ever say this, because I'm a better trombone player than you, therefore I'm a more important person than you are. Therefore, I'm more valuable. Therefore, you are unworthy. Well, that's probably true, but... <laughs> undoing the message. Uh, but but that's, that's, that, that is pride, to take that, that statement, that, that true statement, and to turn it into a statement of value and, uh, and of comparison of value. Pride is saying, I'm white... Therefore, I'm more important than someone who is black or not white, not European. Pride is saying, I'm a better person than you because I live in this neighborhood or because I have this job or because I've achieved this and you haven't achieved that or because I'm a better cook or I make a better cake or because I'm a better Bible reader. I read more of the Bible every day than you do so I'm better than you or I get up earlier to pray than you do therefore I'm more valuable, I'm more important to God than you are. That is pride. Pride is turning an observation of a fact, I'm good at this, into a boast. Look at me, I'm so much better at this than you are. Pride is saying, I'm better than you are, therefore I don't want anything to do with you. The opposite of pride is humility. Humility is thinking of yourself, Paul says, with sober judgment. Uh, Humility doesn't mean that you, as I said, can never acknowledge the gifts that you have. Rather, humility consists in being able to acknowledge the gifts that God has given you without feeling the need to elevate yourself above others. Humility can acknowledge those gifts without feeling the need to elevate yourself above others. And perhaps more importantly, uh, humility is able to acknowledge and thank God for the gifts that others have that you don't have. So that's a great test of humility, I think. Can you be thankful for the gifts that other people around you have? Can you be thankful for the gifts that other people around you have? Maybe even when it's the gift that you most desperately would love to have. I would love to be able to paint. My, kind of, one, of my, one of my fanciful dreams is to have an easel. 
you know, and what are those things that you put the watercolours on and to go out onto the mountainside and to stand there in my painting smock, you know, <laughs> and uh, with a hat perhaps of some kind and, and to paint a landscape. You know, I, I just love that. Uh, it, it's, it's such a dream. And then, and then I remember what it looks like when I pick up a paintbrush and I think it is just never, no art class could redeem my lack of uh, painting ability. And it's so easy in those kinds of situations, isn't it, to see somebody who can do what you can't do and to begrudge that and, in fact, uh, to resent them. But what a great test of humility when you can see the gifts that other people have and to be able to thank God that he has given them that gift and to be able to admire and appreciate what it is that they have and that you don't have. That is the great uh, work uh, of humility. Pride and humility also are not just about what you say to people. So you may never say anything proud. You may never say, well, uh, I'm so much better than that person. But your heart can be full of feelings of superiority. In fact, for those of you who've uh, read or watched uh, the BBC version uh, of uh, Pride and Prejudice, you'll know actually that Mr Darcy, who is the archetypal proud person in that book, he is, the, he is the hallmark of civility and gentleness. He never says anything inappropriate. He never says, I'm so much better than, than you are. But he walks around in such a way that it's obvious that in his heart is this deep, pri- this deep pride that he thinks he's so much better than every, everyone around him. Pride and, humili- pride and humility are not just about what we say, but what lives in our heart. How we treat people. How we think of them. So too, you might always say things that make it look as though you're humble. Uh, you might always say that you're bad at things, that you're worthless, but actually deep down you don't really believe it. Deep down, the reason you're, that you're saying, oh, no, I'm so- I'm actually such a terrible painter, is so that everyone will come up afterwards and go, no, Carl, you're fantastic. That doesn't look like a kindergarten painting at all. But it's so easy to say those things in order to milk compliments. It's a kind of a false humility. Actually, it stems from pride rather than humility. We want our egos to be uh, stroked. So that's what pride is. Pride is uh, looking down our noses, thinking of ourselves uh, as better. But perhaps the most troubling aspect of pride is its refusal to listen to wisdom. So the arrogant in Proverbs are often described as scoffers or mockers. That is, they're the kind of people who make fun of wisdom and refuse to listen to it. So... Uh, Looking at that sheet again, Proverbs 13, verse 1. A wise son heeds his father's instruction, but a mocker does not respond to rebukes. Uh, Or Proverbs 15, verse 12. Mockers resent correction, so they avoid the wise. So the problem with the proud is that they just don't listen. Proverbs 21, verse 4. Skip one and go down. It says there that... Haughty eyes and a proud heart, the unploughed field of the wicked produce sin. So Proverbs, that proverb is likening the heart of the proud to an unploughed field. How is the heart of the proud like an unploughed field? Well, nothing grows there except weeds. 
Uh, it's, 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 not a, it's not a field which has been cultivated to produce wisdom. That's what the proud heart is like. The greatest conceit of the proud is their unwillingness to listen to others. Uh, they already know all the answers. They don't need counsellors. So a great test then uh, to, to examine yourself is to ask, do you have any counsellors? Are there people that you listen to? Are there people that you go to actively to seek out advice? Uh, and if there is, who, who are they? Who is it that you listen to? Uh, if you don't do that, if you don't really listen to anyone, if you don't seek the advice of anyone, then the issue may be pride. That is, it may be because you think, well, I don't need anyone to tell me what to do or how to live or give me advice or anything because I think I've already got all the answers. And of course, you may find, too, that you listen to people about some areas of your life but not about others. So you might listen to those around you, you might have counsellors that you listen to, say, in how to uh, use your money wisely. But then you don't have any counsellors around you to whom you listen for how to strengthen your marriage or how to uh, get better at raising your kids. So we can sort of be humble and wise and, and sort of listening in one area of life, but then to be, can be proud in another area. It's also uh, important, I think, for us to understand that humility doesn't mean listening uh, or, or doing everything, if you like, that uh, other people tell us to do. So um, the opposite of pride, the opposite of not listening, is not to listen to everything and to do everything that people say. Proverbs tells us that you're a fool if you listen to fools. <laughs> So too, humility doesn't mean that you can never disagree with someone. Humility doesn't mean that when someone gives you advice that you say, oh, that's the best advice that I've ever been given. Humility means simply that you seek out wise counsel and that you prayerfully listen to it and you weigh it. Test it against God's word. Test it against other counsel that you receive from other people. The humble are those who are willing to listen, who surround themselves with an abundance of counsellors, who are willing to accept rebuke from their friends. The proud are those who need no counsellors, who are not willing to listen ever, and who never accept a rebuke. And if you see those traits in your life, in one area or in lots of areas, then the thing to do is to confess those to God and to ask him to take away your pride and to make you humble and teachable and to keep praying that, to, to keep praying every day that God would help you to be uh, more humble, less proud in whatever area it is that you find it so hard uh, to listen to others. So that's what pr uh, pride is. It's thinking of ourselves uh, as better than others, as more important, more valuable uh, and it's a refusal then to listen to others on account of that. But Proverbs also wants us to know how foolish pride is. Not just what it is, but how foolish it is. So Proverbs 26 verse 12, which is there on the, the next one on the sheet, says, Do you see a, wise, a person wise in their own eyes? There is more hope for a fool than for them. 
or the next one, Proverbs 16, verse 18. Pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. Better to be lowly in spirit along with the oppressed than to share plunder with the proud. So pride, it seems, can be superly, superficially attractive uh, in that it seems to promise riches and success and honour and esteem. But in the end, it's completely ruinous. It's disastrous. You're better off, Proverbs says, being humble with the poor than that kind of the fleeting riches of the proud, the, the, the fleeting honour, if you like, of the proud. Uh, the reason that pride is so dangerous is that pride comes before a fall. And the reason that pride comes before a fall is that if you refuse to listen to the wise counsel of those around you, then you'll end up making lots and lots of bad choices. Uh, if you only rely on your own self-perceived wisdom, uh, then that will ultimately bring you to ruin because you won't see things. You'll be, you'll be clouded by your own... Uh, your own lack of judgment. Uh, indeed, there's something that, uh, that researchers ha have called the Dunning-Kruger effect. Has anyone, I don't know if anyone's ever heard of the Dunning-Kruger effect. Apparently, uh, searches for it skyrocketed after the last US presidential elections. Um, but the, the Dunning-Kruger effect says that the less you know about something... The less you know about something, the more likely to are the more likely you, likely you are to think that you know about it. So the less you know, the more likely you are to think that you are you are the master. Uh, and the kind of the corollary of that, I guess, is that typically the more people study in life, the more they realise how little they know about a subject. Uh, but the reason that that works is because if you know nothing about a subject, you actually don't even have the resources to know what's the right answer and what's the wrong answer. So you, you, can't actually you can't actually judge uh, things astutely because you don't have sufficient information uh, to be able to do it. Uh, in her book on discernment, uh, All That's Good, Hannah Anderson writes, of all the benefits, of all of its benefits, one of the drawbacks of the digital age is how easily we mistake information for knowledge. Because we find the answer to most of our questions, because we can find the answer to most of our questions, we can begin to believe that we are smarter than we actually are. Because we can find an instructional video to help us perform just about any task, we can begin to believe we can actually perform those tasks. But tips and tricks are not skill and expertise. Information and data are not wisdom and knowledge. And knowing about something is not the same as knowing how to do it or whether you even should. The internet age, I think, makes us particularly prone to the problem of pride because information is at our fingertips. And so we can begin to think that we know more about things than we really do. And so we can end up making disastrous decisions with disastrous uh, consequences. Pride says, I think, what would a doctor know about my health? Uh, I've spent five minutes searching the web. Pride says, what would the government know about whether that's safe or not? I'll walk there even though the sign says, danger, do not enter. 
Pride says, what would my parents know about whether that's good for me or not? I'll do things my own way. Pride means we think we know more than we do and make foolish decisions that have ruinous consequences. But the proud not only destroy their own lives, they also destroy destroy the lives of those around them. Proverbs 29 verse 8, Mockers stir up a city, but the wise turn away anger. Proverbs 22 verse 10, Drive out the mocker, and out goes strife. Quarrels and insults are ended. Again, that makes perfect sense, doesn't it? That if you get rid of people who are mockers, who are scoffers, who are proud that it will end the insults and the quarrels and the disputes. If you think that you're always right in your own eyes and everybody else is wrong, then you'll tend to cause conflict wherever you go. Especially uh, you'll cause conflict if you're publicly and vocally proud. That is, if you not only think that you're right, but you tell everyone that you're right and you tell everyone quite eagerly that everybody else is wrong. If you do that, it will cause quarrels and insults. So that kind of pride manifests itself in in sentences, I think, like these. That's the stupidest idea I've ever heard. Nobody thinks that. What an idiot. Can you believe they actually said that? Uh, It can also take the form of gossip, embroidered with a touch of ridicule. So something like, you'll never guess what Sophie said the other day. That is different, I think, from disagreeing with somebody, with someone about something. So it's not necessarily proud to say, I think that you're wrong. Rather, pride turns a disagreement into a battle. So not all battles, again, are wrong, of course. Some battles are legitimate. There are battles that need to take place for important truths. If someone is undermining the truth of the gospel, then, then that, that will be a battle. We need, to, we need to preserve the truth, protect the truth, fight for the sake of the gospel. But pride turns a disagreement into a battle, not in the pursuit of a noble cause, the truth of the gospel, but in order to justify yourself. That is, you have, to, you have to win in order that everybody knows that you're right and that they're wrong. That's so not about what the truth is, not about what's right, but about whether everyone knows that you're right and that they're wrong. It's not necessarily pride when someone says to you, I don't think you should have done that, to then explain the reasons that you did. It's not necessarily pride to do that. It's pride to say, I completely refuse to even consider your point of view. Humility might say, when someone says, I think that you were wrong to do that, humility might say, here are the reasons that I did that. And have a conversation about that. Pride says, talk to the hand. I got it right. I'm not interested in listening. That kind of attitude brings division 
And in that way, pride destroys both us and others. On the contrary, humility brings honour and wisdom. Proverbs eleven twelve. When pride comes, then comes disgrace. But with humility comes wisdom. Or Proverbs twenty nine twenty three. Pride brings a person low, but the lowly in spirit gain honour. The reason for that is obvious too. If you're humble, if you're willing to listen, then that brings honour and success because you gain from the benefits of the wisdom of those around you. You end up making wise decisions that end well. So too, if you listen to people, it will bring you honour because people will begin to appreciate the fact that you listen to them. People will honour you and appreciate you because you care about what they think. Even if you don't agree with them on everything, the fact that you're willing to listen and to consider their point of view shows that you care about what they think and they will honour and respect you on account of that. So pride is the spirit of looking down uh, our nose at others, of uh, valuing ourselves more than others, uh, refusing to listen to others, and, it, and it's a disastrous uh, attitude to have. It brings out its own downfall. But finally, it's important to grasp as well that pride is not just bad in terms of our relationships with each other, it's bad in terms of our relationship with God because God hates pride. It is in some ways the ultimate sin. Proverbs 15 verse 25 says, The Lord tears down the house of the proud, but he sets the widow's boundary stones in place. Or Proverbs 16 verse 5, The Lord detests all the proud of heart. Be sure of this, they will not go unpunished. The proud won't go unpunished. The reason that God hates pride is that the proud person not only refuses to listen to others, but the proud person refuses to listen to God himself. God comes speaking his wisdom in the Bible through the Holy Spirit and the proud person says, I don't need to listen to that. That refusal to listen can be quite blatant. It can, it can simply be, I don't need to listen to that, uh, God. I don't need to listen to you. I know what's better in this circumstance. But the refusal to listen to God's wisdom can also be more subtle. So Proverbs 30 verse 11 uh, says, uh, that's early on that sheet, the second one down, there are those who curse their fathers and do not bless their mothers, those who are pure in their own eyes and yet are not cleansed of their filth, those who eyes those whose eyes are ever so haughty, whose glances are, ever, are so disdainful, those whose teeth are swords and whose jaws are set with knives to devour the poor from the earth and the needy from among mankind. The issue here is that there are people who think that they're okay when they're not. They think that they're living God's way, but actually they're cursing their mother and father. Uh, they think that they're clean before God, but actually they're filthy. It's really the same mistake that the Pharisees, the religious leaders in Jesus' day had made. They thought that they were wise, that they were right in God's eyes, that they were doing everything uh, in the right way, but they couldn't have been more mistaken. Think of Jesus' par parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. Two men, a Pharisee and a tax collector, they both go up to the temple to pray. Both are religiously oriented, both 
uh, are going to com- communicate with God. The Pharisee prays, God, I thank you that I'm not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. The tax collector, he couldn't even look up. He had to stand at a distance. He beat his chest and he said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And Jesus says that out of those two men who both went to communicate with God, who both went to meet with God in some sense, out of those two men who went to the temple to pray, only one of them went home right with God. Because Jesus says, all those who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Martin Lloyd-Jones, the British preacher, once said that pride is the greatest sin, not because it's somehow worse than other sins in its results. It's the greatest sin because it keeps us from receiving God's mercy in the gospel. It keeps us from God. Pride keeps us from humbling ourselves before God like the, like the tax collector and saying, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Instead of being proud and trusting in our own goodness and our own virtue, Solomon urges us to be humble before God. He says, humility is the fear of God. Its wages are riches and honour and life. To fear God, to have a sense of his greatness and our brokenness and sinfulness and need of his grace, to fear the Lord is humility. Or think of those words from Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5, that we read earlier. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. Don't be wise in your own eyes, but fear the Lord and shun evil. Don't trust in yourself, Solomon says. Don't do it. That's why pride is so dangerous. Don't lean on your own understanding. Fear God. Trust him. Humble yourself before him. Seek his mercy. Say to him, like the tax collector said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Pride in our relationship with each other can be devastating. It can destroy us and it can destroy them. But pride in our relationship with God is utterly devastating. It leaves us under his wrath and away from his mercy. And while the two aren't always connected... Pride in our relationships with others and pride before God. While they're not always connected, it's worth recognizing, I think, that a spirit of pride in our relationship with others can be a symptom of pride in our relationship with God as well. We're whole people. How we act in one area of life affects how we act in another area of life. 
once we understand the gospel, once we've really been humbled before God and seen our sinfulness and our desperate need of grace, then that humility that we have before God can't help but be reflected and mirrored in our relationships with others. If you see yourself as a beggar before God in need of his grace, if you see yourself as in desperate need of his mercy, then you won't look at others and think, I'm so much better than that person. You'll look at others and you'll think, I'm just another poor beggar trying to show other beggars where to find bread. If you see pride in your life, in your relationship with others, you should confess that to God and seek his grace and ask him to humble you. And if you see pride in your relationship with God, you should confess that too. Acknowledge that to God and to come to God with empty hands and say, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Let's pray. Dear Lord and Heavenly Father, we want to acknowledge that pride is a common human failing and something with which we all struggle. Lord, we find it so easy to turn the recognition of the gifts that you have given to us and the good work that you're doing in our lives, we find it so easy to turn that observation and recognition into a value judgment about our greater worth than the worth of others. Lord, please forgive us for that and take that out of our hearts that you would help us to see Uh, what you're doing in our lives is a gift which speaks to your worth, not to our worth with respect to others. And Lord, help us not to be so proud in terms of uh, thinking about what we know about certain subjects, Lord, help us to recognise the understanding and the uh, learning that you've enabled us to do, but help us also to be willing to listen to others, uh, to receive their point of view and to receive their wisdom. Help us to be willing to test that, to test it against your word and to hold fast to that which is good. Lord, keep us from making ruinous decisions which destroy our lives and the lives of others because of our pride and foolishness. And Lord, help us from, to help keep us from quarrels and arguments because of our uh, refusal to listen to others also. But Lord, most importantly, we want to come to you with empty hands and say, Lord, we have nothing. There is no uh, place for pride in our relationship with you because we're sinners in need of your grace. And so we come, Lord, now again as the tax collector and ask for your mercy. 
not on the basis of anything that we've done, but out of your sheer grace in Jesus Christ, that you offer it to us as a gift, not because of our value, but because of your great kindness and love in Jesus Christ. And Lord, we want to take that gift and receive it with great thankfulness and great joy. We ask it for Jesus' sake. Amen.